Welcome to this week's edition of the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters podcast, sponsored by Carolina Waters and Carolina Paddlesport Outfitters, the podcast that covers the tournament trails in North Carolina and beyond. Hope everybody had a good weekend and stayed safe from the storms late last week. I did not venture out onto the water this weekend. My mom came into town and we had a very nice visit. And pretty much as soon as I stepped outside and felt that wind, I wanted to immediately go back inside. So hopefully all of you stayed safe who fished the CCKF event on Jordan Lake. Um, that was a truly brutal event from what it looked like. I know there were a lot of guys battling the wind. Um, I heard from a couple of guys who left the tournament early who will always fish through an entire event just because they got soaked either paddling across the lake or taking waves over the sides of their kayak. So another really tough weather event for our North Carolina kayak anglers, but it was Bob Dainton who took the win at Jordan Lake. Bob was the only angler to catch a limit and he caught a really good limit with 88 and three quarter inches. Second place was James Janicek, was 58 and three quarter inches. I hope I got that name right. And Anderson Tran finished third with 58 and a half inches. Anderson also caught the big fish of the tournament, which was a 23 and a quarter behemoth of a largemouth bass. So congratulations to him on catching that fish. Overall, really tough event though for the first CCKF event, but their next tournament is at Randleman on April 10th. And as long as the weather keeps going in the right direction, as long as we keep getting warmer, more warmer days than colder days, I think the fishing is going to keep, keep getting better and better. There's still, being, there's still giant fish being caught all over the place in the state. So it's just a matter of time before it, uh, before it, before it really turns on and starts, starts really showing out here. Bob will join me later in the show to discuss his victory on Jordan Lake. And we'll also discuss his history in the North Carolina kayak game. It's very interesting, and you're going, you're going to want to stay tuned for that. As I'm recording this podcast on Tuesday, March 23rd, the Bassmaster Elite Series is wrapping up their event on Lake Pickwick. It's been really fun to watch despite two postponed days because of the tornadoes, but those guys have really figured it out. Bill Lowen and Chad Pipkins were tied for first after day three. And as of right now, as of 10.38 a.m., Hank Cherry is in the lead. Speaking of Lake Pickwick, KBF will be there this weekend for their next trail series event. The first one is the 27th and the second one is the 28th. And any North Carolina anglers who are going down there can expect it to be really, really good. The Elite Series had to deal with high water conditions and a lot of current and while that will probably still be the case this this weekend for the kayak guys, I think it'll be less, and I think the fish will be in a little more predict- predictable places for the KBF Trail Series event. So I'm looking to see 100 inches caught there both days. I think it's going to be that good for for the KBF guys. So if you are traveling down there, good luck. Wear your life jacket. Be safe out there, but that lake is really about to turn on fire, and the uh, the Elite Series tournament is uh, is kind of proven that. I think if I think if it hadn't flooded right before the tournament, I think it would have taken 100 pounds to to win that four day event, the four day Bassmaster Elite Series event. Also, this weekend is the fourth Queen City Kayak Bass Fishing Tournament of the season. The Foothills Clash is on Hickory, Rotus, and Lookout Lakes. The weather is setting up really nice for that event. And the Queen City guys need a nice weather event. They've been through it all so far this year. So good luck to those guys. As I was fishing Hickory last year in the summertime and not doing very well on top of that, I was thinking Hickory seemed like a really good springtime lake. So I'm interested to see what the bags look like from that event. $1,200 first place prize for that event, so if you're on the fence about heading out that way, that may, uh, that may sway you to go ahead and uh, go ahead and fish that event. So good luck to everybody fishing that tournament, 
and I look forward to talking to the winner of that event on next week's podcast. I will be fishing this weekend, just not out of a kayak. I'll be heading down to Santee Cooper for the Major League Fishing Big 5 BFL. And with the way the weather is looking, that lake is going to be absolutely on fire when I get down there. I'm hoping I get a good boater and I can catch a limit and hopefully catch a check for the first time in one of these BFLs. But either way, I'm excited to head back down there and look for some 10 plus pound fish. I'm not sure if I'll be the one to catch them or if my boater will catch them, but Santee Cooper is going to be on fire, I think, this weekend and until about the middle of May. And I'm looking forward to looking forward to going down there and skipping a Cinco around for a little while. Before we get to our guest today, I have to thank Carolina Waters for their support of the podcast. Carolina Waters is a performance and outdoor lifestyle brand that celebrates the aquatic resources of North Carolina from the mountains to the coast and all points in between. Check out their selection of lightweight performance shirts with sun protection, soft style logo tees, including the new Redfish series of shirts, comfy multi-season hoodies, and a variety of headwear. Whether you're on the water or just hanging around town, Carolina Waters has you covered. And my listeners can use the code KAYAK at checkout for a special offer. Check them out at carolinawatersnc.com, on Instagram at carolinawatersnc, and on Facebook at Carolina Waters NC. They also just released a line of women's tank tops as well as men's tank tops, and you should go check those out as well. I'd also like to thank Carolina Powersport Outfitters for supporting the podcast. CPSO specializes in putting you in the kayak that fits your needs at the best price around. CPSO is a dealer for Native, Feel Free, Three Waters, Johnny Boat, Sea Stream, and Cuckoo Watercraft. Visit their website at www.carolinapso.com and their main location at Ace Hardware in Arcadia, located 10 miles south of Winston-Salem. Our guest this week took home the victory on Jordan Lake for the first CCKF event of the season and is also one of the founding fathers of tournament kayak fishing in North Carolina, Bob Dainton. Bob, thanks so much for joining me today. And first off, congratulations congratulations on the win. Uh, you had an already impressive resume. Were, were you surprised by how much you won this tournament by? Uh, yeah, Chris, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I, I really was surprised. Um, you know, I got to Jordan Lake early that day and we went to uh, Ebenezer and there were about, I don't know, 70 or 80 bass boats putting in. Oh, man. And I just found out the day before or the night before that uh, Weaver Creek impoundment off of Jordan Lake was in play for us. Uh, so that's right there, kind of right next to Ebenezer. So jumped over there there were only a few guys fishing there that morning I think there were five of us and uh it's kind of nice when you can get away from all those bass boats I mean we heard them all day that's for sure they were very loud <laughs> absolutely. absolutely um but yeah I, I I was surprised I really was um I just got on a little stretch that had fish on it and they just kept they just stayed there all day so um Unfortunately, other people didn't get on fish, but um, I'm okay with that, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, no doubt. When you uh, when you take home uh, when you take home the victory, you can't complain too much about that. No, no. So, was there was there anything uh, anything special you were doing? Any any specific structure you were targeting on? I know I know we all have to fish these these lakes again. So, however much you want to you want to say about that is is good with me. Well, yeah, there was definitely a, a key kind of structure I was focusing on. Um, and it was, well, first of all, there were a couple of these, um, they're like fences put up, just like little square uh, fence areas. And I think it's some kind of like natural habitat restoration or something like that. But uh, there are two of them in Weaver Creek that I found, and I got a bite on one early, and it was at a it was about in three or three and a half foot of water, and so I jumped over to the other one that I had seen earlier, probably I don't know a quarter of a mile away, and I got my first two fish right off the side of this uh, 
this little fence thing that was stick. I mean, it's sticking out of the water, you know, the fence is probably four feet tall fence, but it's in three or three and a half feet of water. So just a little bit was sticking out of the top. If you uh -huh. weren't looking for it, it's kind of hard to see. So after I got, you know, my first couple bites, um, I tried to focus on that depth. Plus these, these were at, uh, well, one of them was at like at the mouth of a cove. There wasn't all the way in the back of the cove. I tried all the way in back in a couple areas in like, you know, two feet of water, one and a half feet of water, but the fish just hadn't moved up that shallow yet. So I backed up, excuse me, I backed up out of there and um, I focused on like the three to four foot range. And um, there's one little bank at the mouth of this cove that was a little bit of a steep bank. It, it kind of dropped off maybe to two feet right at the edge of the bank, as opposed to a slow, you know, gradual, um, you know, depth change. It just mm -hmm. kind of dropped off to two feet and there was a stump sticking out of the water. So um, that stump was probably in about three feet of water. I got a bite on it. And so that was that target area I was, I was fishing for, three to three and a half foot of water. Um, and as I was moving around that area where I found that stump, I found like three other stumps that were underwater. I saw them on my uh, GPS. I couldn't see them. Um, with my naked eye the water was a little muddy it wasn't it wasn't that bad it was kind of the perfect color um but there were a few stumps in in three to three and a half foot of water that i couldn't see but i just kept casting towards and man they were there all day i swear to god i, I would get a bite and catch the fish i you, but you had to be patient they weren't super aggressive a few of the bites i didn't even feel Later in the day, as the, as the water warmed up a few degrees, it was about 51 when we started. I saw about 54 and a half by the end of the day. So it warmed up pretty good. And they started really thumping the bait uh, later. But I tell you, man, I, I stayed on this little 50-yard stretch and fished a, a stump that I could see, actually a couple stumps that I could see, and three other ones that were underneath the water. Um, I got hung up on them a couple times because I couldn't see them, mm -hmm. you know, and like, oh crap. And you got to go in there and get your bait out. But then I would just pedal away and, you know, give it a few minutes and then come back in. And they were just there. Like every, you know, I, I would catch a fish maybe half hour, 45 minutes, and then kind of back off it, back away, you know, worked. I, I kept looking at shallower water. I kept going, but I wouldn't go far away from the spot. And when I would determine they're not in shallower water, then I would just turn around and go back to my, my little stump field I found. So I'm so happy with how it turned out. I know other people struggled and I hated for them, you know, especially guys on the main lake getting bass boats, all those couple tournaments, different tournaments, I think were there that day. But uh, man, I just found a lucky spot and got on some fish. Absolutely. Uh did the I know the wind was really tough on a lot of guys that day too. Did the wind did the wind bother you at all? Were you pretty protected back there? Actually, this this little stump area was on the north bank, and we had like a northeast wind, so I was pretty protected all day. Um, at times, I did hop across and check some other areas, and once you get away from the protection of those trees holy cow, it was white capping out there. I'm like, man, yeah, through this, I'm going to turn around and go back to where I was, where you can hold your position a little bit longer. It, it just all worked out, man. Absolutely. How many, how many total fish did you end up catching? I actually caught 11. Um, I culled three times. I actually caught one right at the end of the day uh, at the mouth of another cove. This one was a little bit deeper, about maybe six feet of water, but um, it was 17 and a half inches. And that was after three coals, that 17 and a half wasn't even going to help me. So I actually threw back a 17 and a half. Um, yeah, That's but awesome. 11 total. 
Yeah, yeah that's an awesome bait, man. Did you, uh, was it all on one bait or did you have a kind of a rotation of baits that you went through? Yeah, staying on that one area pretty much, I kept rotating. Um, I was throwing a little Texas rig, black trick worm. Man, that's a bait I've been throwing for 15 years. And it is always produced for me, a black zoom trick worm. Um, that's with, interesting to yeah. me, especially for the, for the time of year. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll use that in the winter. I'll use it in the middle of the summer. I'll use it in the spring. It's just, it's just a bait I've, I've always caught fish on and I've, I just have a lot of confidence in it. Um, so that worked out. So I rotated between the black zoom trick worm, um, a little jig, not really a micro jig, but not really a full size quarter, like kind of like a quarter ounce jig. Um, but that was green pumpkin and it had a little, uh, a little streak of orange in it. And I had a, uh, green pumpkin might've been a chigger craw or a, some, some kind of craw trailer. Um, so a jig, a worm, and the third one was that I with was, have you seen like these dragon heads, uh, dragging head, like a, like a biffle, a Tommy biffle dragon head where it's kind of like a football shape weight jig head. Um, yeah, the, has the, the wobble head jig. Yes. Yeah. That with the Yamamoto creature bait um in green pumpkin those were my pretty much my three rotation that i that i stuck with the whole time i did catch the my kicker actually came later in the day i i left that spot and i was working my way back to the launch and man the wind was howling once i got out of that cove out of my protected area so um i threw a chatterbait my, i brought four rods with me and three of them were uh, you know, slow moving plastic. I'm, I'm more of a, I'm more of a cast and feel fisherman than a cast and reel fisherman. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had a chatter bait on and I just threw it across a point and that fish was right there. I hadn't felt a fish hit a moving bait in a, in a long time. I just, I just don't fish them that often. Um, that one so felt good though. I bet. Yeah. Yeah, because that cold, I think that cold a 14 for me or a, no, that was a, a 16 and three quarters, I think was my last call. So that gave me another inch and a half. That, it just felt good to, to get out and catch fish. The first couple CKA tournaments for me were, were tough. I mean, everyone had a difficult time at the Harris tournament uh, catching fish and uh, the Burlington brawl i think it was called i fished lake mcintosh and it was a tough day there too so it was good to get out some get out and catch some fish on, on saturday absolutely so um leading up to the tournament uh we had some pretty warm temperatures there were a lot of there were a lot of really big fish being caught um across really the the state really um, and Thursday, then Thursday, the big storms rolled through Friday. It rained before, before the, the cold front came through, what did you think this tournament was going to be? And we've kind of, you've kind of talked a little bit about it already, but then how did you adjust your game plan after that? If at all? Yeah. I mean, it, it was all about the water temperature for me, like, um, People who had uh, pre-fished the day before, I was asking for water temperature, and I heard uh, like upper, wait a minute, no, it was like lower 50s. I'm like, dang, man, that's that's several degrees cooler than than I would like to see. Like low 50s for me, I was I was hoping for more like 56 and above water temperatures. If they're 56, 57 and above, I think those big mamas were really going to start pushing shallow but then again you know the moon phase we just had a new moon so um i wasn't too confident that they were going to be really shallow but um but i checked i mean even in 51 degree water first thing in the morning i checked i, I started as shallow as possible in 
foot and a half foot of water. And then I just worked my way out from there. And I don't know, I was lucky enough to get a few bites. Absolutely. Um, before, uh, before you saw there were uh, 70 or 80 bass boats in the parking lot, were you going to try to fish the main body of water? Our plan, um, my buddy and uh, great friend and fishing partner, um, we've been fishing tournaments for a long, long time, Joey Sullivan. He and I were texting the night before. We're trying to figure out where to go. We're thinking about going to Farrington and um, trying to make a long run up to some really shallow water. Um, but that wind, that wind forecast is like, man, that's going to be a struggle even getting up there. And then I realized, um, you know, they had the captain's meeting and I didn't, I don't have Facebook anymore. And they were doing it live on Facebook. And Joey texted me a picture of the identifier. And I'm like, oh man, crap. I didn't print out any identifiers. I actually went on Tourney X that day. I was at, I was at work and um, uh, I didn't see an identifier on Tourney X. So the night before I'm like, Joey, you got to meet me in the parking lot. You got to print out a couple IDs for me. And so he did. And we decided to meet at Ebenezer. And our plan was to go to the uh, Beaver Creek, uh, Little Beaver, the back of Little Beaver. Um, which is from Ebenezer, you know, under the bridge and then the, the branch on the right mm -hmm. as, you're, as you cross under the bridge. And we're going to go way back there. Um, but we got there and I just saw all those bass boats. And, you know, there's like the main boat ramp there. There's like four or five slips at Ebenezer. And then there's a back boat ramp where there's two slips. And, and those were even filled up too with guys trying to get in, put their bass boats in. And so I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even know what what are we going to do? And, I, and he's like, you know what? Weaver Creek is in play. And I'm like, I'm going to go check it out. I'm going to go see how many people are over there. And so I actually had to jump a couple curbs in the parking lot and Ebenezer parking lot to even get out of there because it was so ridiculously packed. Um, yeah, I would have I would have I would have left, too. That's a, that's insane. Oh my Lord. I, I don't know. I just don't know the names of the tournament series that operate around here. So I'm, I don't know where to look and see like, you know, that was just a total surprise to me to show up there and, and there was a huge bass boat tournament. So I was able to get out of the parking lot after a few minutes and I ran over to Weaver Creek and I only saw three boats sitting there, um, you know, ready to, uh, or three cars with and three boats down there and ready to launch. So I texted Joey. I'm like, come on over, man. There's, there's really no one here, but that play, that little area fish is kind of small. Sometimes if, if there's a lot of people fishing, it's kind of, it's kind of difficult to maneuver around and cause everyone fishes pretty much everyone's spots. You just have to kind of rotate through them, but right. with only five guys, it was, it, it worked out fine. And I just appreciate kayak anglers etiquette, you know, like if they see you're kind of in an area, I know guys saw me um, just pretty much staying in this one spot, but they didn't, you know, approach, they didn't get in on my space. So it, it was really nice. Absolutely. And all, it all worked out for you in the end, for sure. So, um, you know, I kind of hinted at it earlier. You've got, four ck wins under your belt now you've got this one um where does this one sort of sort of rank for you in your in your kayak victories um man i i i like them all i i can't really say one is better than the other i mean um actually i take it back the the one time that i won i think it was the first cka tournament at Heiko Lake in 2018. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was it. I hadn't fished in 2017 pretty much at all. I had, um, I got separated from my wife. We got divorced and I was a really rough year in my life, both professionally and personally. Um, and I didn't fish hardly at all in 2017. 
and I was doing much better by the beginning of 2018. So I, I did the first CKA tournament. I'd never been to Heiko Lake before. And, and I don't know, I, I always just look at it as I, I get lucky, you know, I get the bites and you, and you know, anyone can get the bites, but you have to, you have to execute when you do get the bites. And I just, I was just able to catch them that day. So that one to me, the Heiko Lake victory in 2018 to start the year after I had such a crappy previous year, personally and professionally, um, that was really sweet for me. The other ones just kind of feel, you know, the same. I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I, I go, I fish hard um, from start. You know, I, I'm usually at my spot at the time when lines are in and I fish until lines out. I don't hardly ever stop to eat anything. Um, I just fish hard and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. That is just fishing. Um, even on lakes you think you know, man, you could get humbled so, so quickly on lakes you think you know and you have confidence going into. I've fished so many tournaments now that I just feel, I just get excited for all of them. I, I don't, I don't have a ton of confidence going into any of them, but I just know that I'm going to put in the time. I'm going to utilize every second of that fishing day. I'm going to fish my butt off and just hope for the best. And it's, you know, it's a learning process. You have to go through the day and pick up on things, little things, where are you going to get a bite uh, or where you got a bite and look for areas that look similar. Right. I, so, I mean, to answer your question, this, I feel great about it. I feel proud, but I wouldn't say this one is um, super special or, or anything. It was, it just happened to come together on Saturday and I'm, I'm very happy with how it ended up. Absolutely. Yeah, man. You got a, you got the, you got the limit in the boat and on, on Saturday that really turned out to be the most important part of it was just even, even getting a limit because so many other guys, obviously obviously didn't get that limit so you were you were several steps ahead of several steps ahead of the crowd on saturday for sure yeah and you know what the the last tournament i fished uh, the um the burlington one for cka i told myself i wasn't going to look at the standings all day and i didn't um and then at the end of the day i turned out to be in 35th place you know i caught three dinks that day Turns out I fished the wrong lake. Uh, other guys fished other lakes had a lot, quite a bit of success, or at least the right area of that lake. Um, someone texted me early on Saturday and said something like, oh my God, you got this one in the bag or something like that. At like 10 o'clock in the morning, all right, all right? And I'm like, dude, there is a long way to go. You know, people might be sandbagging. They might be catching them on the lake. Like, so I did actually look at the standings and I saw myself ahead a few times, but you just never know once they, once they shut those standings off, uh, you just never know who's going to load, you know, a hundred inches. They might've caught a hundred inches in the first hour and you just, and they decide to load them up in the last hour of fishing. So you just never know until they, you know, they call the final results and uh, fortunately enough, it worked out. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, trying to be kind of kind of like you in that way this year and just not not really pay attention to to the standings and just not add that other distraction to it I just want to kind of kind of want to keep my focus on what's what's in front of me instead of what other what other people are doing I think and I I think that that really helped me out at a at the Burlington Bash for sure so I want to I want to go ahead and and rewind for a minute and switch gears here. Um, going back to the Carolina Yakfish days, kind of kind of describe what your role was in with that organization and how it kind of took off. Oh wow, uh, yeah, Carolina Yakfish. So. Um, 2009, I think I fished the 
get outdoors tournament get outdoors is that nice awesome kayak shop in uh greensboro owned by will seeley amazing guy very knowledgeable if anyone listening to this uh needs some kayak fishing products get outdoors is awesome in greensboro but they had um just a, a one bass tournament um like the, the largest fish right right like your largest bass and I think they started in 2008. And then I fished my first tournament in 2009, I'm pretty sure, in the spring. And I had my little redfish 10. It was yellow. That was my first kayak, my first fishing kayak. It had a couple flush mount rod holders. And um, I had a little cheap uh, electronics on it. And I'll tell you what, that was one of the worst conditions. I've ever fished and it rained all day I wasn't prepared with proper rain gear um, it was about 42 degrees and rainy all day I caught a couple fish I think my biggest turned out to be like 16 and a half or something like that and then everyone went back to get outdoors and there was a raffle you know there was food we made a bunch of money that year for um, some uh, nonprofit. I, it might have been Heroes on the Water. I'm, I'm really not sure. I can't remember right now. But I just remember loving it. I remember absolutely loving it and being so um, excited the morning of the tournament. It was my first tournament, being excited and just not even letting the conditions um, affect me. I was freezing. It was, it was awful, but I was just on cloud nine. I was loving it. And um, and that was in the spring, you know, March or April of 2009. And then um, I was just talking with some buddies. I mean, Joey Sullivan and uh, this one other guy who moved out of the state. Um, I'm like, man, we need to do a kayak fishing tournament series. You know, like we, we got to start one of these up. Has there ever been something like this? You know, there's a tournament here. There's a tournament down at the coast for kayak fishing, just some charity tournaments. But why don't we just have like you know cash tournaments why, why don't we why don't we set up a, a tournament series so um we threw that idea around in 2009 i think at the end of 2009 maybe november maybe october late october or november we had our first carolina yak fish i think we called it the inaugural carolina yak fish um tournament and we had planned, and I think we announced that day that we that we want to do a tournament series for the next year. Um, so 2010 was the first year of Carolina Yakfish. I think we did five tournaments. We did it for four years total, 10, 2011, 2012, and 2013. And I did a total of 20 tournaments. So I don't really remember how it broke down. I think it was that first one in 2009 and then like a five, 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 four, maybe in the, in the last year. I think one year we did four tournaments. But yeah, I mean, I just, I just feel like at that time, kayak fishing was becoming popular. And that was such an awesome way for me to meet people and you know with like interests and you know who had a passion for getting out on a little plastic boat and paddling around you know paddling amongst the bass boats like we just weren't scared we you know we just got out there and we wanted to have our own you know series so we just went and did it um it was a great experience it was when i think back to it now and and how um how great the tournament directors are now. I mean, it's almost embarrassing. Like we used to have them take photos with the digital camera and then I would take their SD card out of their digital camera and put it in my laptop and load all of their photos. I was in there with my laptop after these tournaments. And now with Tourney X, it's just, it's just grown by leaps and bounds. And you know, we, we were so excited to do it back then. But at the time, you know, we had no idea how, how much it was going to explode, you know, with KBF, you know, nationally, Hobie, 
uh, series. You got huge tournaments now. And even, uh, you know, CCKF in their, in their first tournament, you know, they had maybe a couple last year, one or two. Um, and they're having their inaugural year with, shoot, nine tournaments I think they have. And to have 62 guys show up in your first, first tournament, that is just awesome. That just goes to show you how popular kayak fishing has become, how much it continues to grow. And this is what people want. You know, A, CCKF, you know, we got Queen City down in Charlotte. We got, you know, stuff in saltwater. It's just, it's only getting better. And um, I'm, I think I'm very proud to have been be a small part of the beginning of that. Uh, Joey and I joke about it a lot. It was tough being a, a tournament director um, back then, just making decisions and, Man, we had a couple guys cheat on us that we had to call out and ban. So there was definitely some bumps in the road, but all in all, um, I'm very proud of what we did in the past and so excited to see kayak fishing still growing here in North Carolina and nationwide, worldwide for that matter. Absolutely, no doubt about that. Um, you know, you've kind of you've kind of touched on it here, but I was I was gonna say, you know, when you had that you had the you had Carolina yak fish, which was kind of the start of it all. Did you after that? Did you see three other tournament trails, maybe even more, starting to pop up in this in this state alone? And did you see it? Did you see it growing to where there's a 130 guys at a Queen City tournament or 90 guys at a CKA tournament? I you know, I never I never saw that coming. Um, you know, it was, it was 2014, what was it, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah, I think the first year for CK was 2014. So we were talking with those guys at the end of 2013. At the time, it was uh, Hank, uh, Wayne Butler, uh, Garrett was part of it, and Corey, I think. And they wanted just to continue Carolina Yakfish. They wanted, you know, us to give them the logo and everything and just keep Carolina Yakfish going. And I'm just like, Joey and I just both thought like, no, nah, we're just going to retire that. And, um, and they started their series and the rest is history, man. It just keeps growing. And, you know, um, seek, uh, or queen city, you know, they, those guys were traveling all over the state, you know, they're coming to Jordan Lake. Some of those first people in 2009 that came to our inaugural Carolina yak fish in the fall of 2009, came from Charlotte um you know that they drove that morning from Charlotte they left at 3 a.m and and got here so we could see that there was a demand for it you know or, or desire to fish in in tournaments like that so I'm I'm not really surprised that it has continued to grow CKA their numbers have leveled off I mean I think maybe they had a tournament last year where there were 40 participants or in the forties or something like that. And that's one of the lowest they've had, you know, they're in the sixties, seventies, eighties, pretty much every tournament. It was so awesome to see 62 guys show up to CCKF. Um, Queen city. What did they just have one at Santee Cooper where there was like 140? I mean, it was, it was somewhere around there. I think. Yeah. Incredible. And I mean, on some level, yeah, I am surprised, um, but you just, there's so many good things that come out of tournaments. Um, I, and I understand people who don't like tournaments because they don't like the pressure, you know, it takes away the fun of fishing, this and that, but it was never really like that for me. Yeah, yeah I'm a competitive person and I want to do well, but I just like being on the water with other people. And I have made so many friends throughout the years. You know, I consider Hank a, a, a great friend. And I met him at one of my tournaments, you know, Carolina Yakfish back in 2013. And, you know, some guys, they're texting me after I, after I won on uh, Saturday. Guys who weren't even at that tournament, but I had met years prior at Carolina Yakfish tournaments. And they're texting me, congratulations. And I consider them all friends. And I think that's what it's really all about is um, just the camaraderie and everyone having the same kind of nervous excitement in the morning 
and then coming back afterwards and talking about your day, right? Like, man, it was so crappy here, but I left there and I caught, I caught fish here and what'd you catch them on? And just that little bit of info you can get. Not, I'm not talking about what spot were you at exactly. It was just about talking with like-minded fishermen who just wanted to be out there. Didn't care if we, you know, placed or, you know, got, got skunked, excuse me. It's, um, it's just about being out there and talking about it. You know, we always, we all have the stories about man, this bass boat almost swamped me or um, just the crazy things you see on the water with uh, wildlife or something like that. It's just, it's just so, it's just so awesome. And um, that's why I do it. I, you know, the, from, you know, fishing, the, the tug is the drug, right? That's what we go for. We want that big fish, those bites, you know, that's what we're there for, but there's so much more than that. And I think it's just uh meeting people and sharing common interests and um and great things happen obviously over the years you know three big uh tournament series are are you know result of that camaraderie there wouldn't be three big tournament series right now if you know if people didn't enjoy it and didn't enjoy each other's company and and like to talk kayak fishing so um i'm really excited with where things are right now for sure for sure when when you started helped start carolina yak fish how many years had you been bass fishing in general before that so i grew up in a suburb of chicago southwest suburb of chicago in um illinois and my folks built a house when I was going into seventh grade and this piece of property that they had purchased had a little pond in the back. And that's where I cut my teeth, uh, catching bass, um, just learning how to fish a worm, bouncing around the bottom, uh, feeling bites, knowing when it's time to switch a lure or something like that. So um, I guess as a kid, probably my early teenage years. Uh, I did quite a bit of that in my backyard. Didn't do much fishing in college. Actually had a, a college roommate who was from Wisconsin. So we did a little ice fishing up there. Did a couple charters maybe, did like a Lake Michigan, you know, like lake trout charter and then like a offshore in California when I was on vacation. But only when I moved to North Carolina in 2005 did I really get into bass fishing. Um, again, really get into bass fishing again. Like my love for it was, uh, was rekindled. And I had a canoe before I, before I got a kayak. Um, a distant family member uh, on my ex-wife's side at the time was moving and they had like an old uh, Coleman canoe, like a 14 footer. And he's like, man, just take this thing out of my backyard. I need this thing out. I'm never going to use it again. So I took the canoe out a couple times with my wife at the time. And um, it was nice to get back on the water. But 14 foot canoe was about 150 pounds and I couldn't really deal with it myself. So I traded that for a uh, sit on top kayak. Um, and the rest is history. The, I mean, once just once you get the kayak, though, and I had a truck at the time as well, it's just, to me, it was just the ultimate freedom to be able to throw my boat in the back of my truck, bring my PFD, bring my paddle, bring a couple rods. And within, you know, 15 minutes, I could be on the lake, I could be on a river. Um, I don't, I still don't know many people around here uh, that own ponds. I've been on a couple ponds, even in a kayak, but um, the kayak, when I first got a kayak, it changed everything. And I got way more into bass fishing than I had ever been. Um, I guess the rest is history, man. I, 
Absolutely. You've seen, you've seen to have taken a, uh, you've seen to, you know, adjust to it pretty well, considering you've got four CK wins, another, the CCKF win. You kind of, you've kind of uh, found your, uh, found your strength for sure. <laughs> I just enjoy it so much, man. I, I never really go out there thinking I'm going to win. I just, I just go out there wanting to have a good time and get some bites. And if I can execute, and I catch some fish bigger than the other guys, then whatever. I guess I win some money or a kayak or another prize or something like that. I, it just it just works out, and um, it has worked out a little bit. I say I get lucky, man, because anyone any of the guys can do it. You know, I got lucky because because I was at a place where I got a couple bites, and then I guess I was lucky enough to not leave that area and I stayed there and I was lucky enough to continue to get bites and I was lucky enough to um convert on the bites shoot I, I mean the other day last week at Burlington I I must have had 10 bites but I couldn't I couldn't get them to hold on to the dang worm you know they they were they would spit it out or they would just have like the tip of the worm in their mouth I pulled back you know trying to set the hook I pulled back three with no worm on it or I just pulled the worm right out of their mouth. Like they never even had the hook in their mouth. So um, I just get lucky. And, and that's what I'm, that's, that's my story, man. And I'm sticking to it. I just get lucky. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> I think uh, there, there is some, there's definitely some luck to it. You know, I think the, the luck part, a lot of times comes in the size of the fish yeah because you never because yeah. you never sometimes you can pattern pattern them but a lot of times that you you when you go into an area you don't know if it's going to be a 16 inch or a 20 inch or a lot of the time so that part that the luck part is an interesting thing about fishing um you know there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that say there's absolutely no luck involved and that's just that's just simply not true yeah um i saw the guys uh on sunday morning they had like um bass i don't know where they're fishing uh alabama crap oh the elite series they're at pickwick yeah they're at yeah pickwick um i mean they got those hummingbird 360s or whatever the dude can see up to 200 feet in front of their boat and the guys saw a laydown in front of them and he he pitched his jig at the end of a laydown he's like I'll tell you what two years ago I never would have even known that fish was there but you know or I never would have known that log was there but I could see it out in front of me so there's definitely some if you got the money you know some electronics that can help you out there I definitely don't have a Humminbird 360 or whatever brand it is. I don't have one of those 360s on my boat, but I do have a uh, GPS and I saw a couple stumps and I dropped some waypoints and, and that's what I fished the other day. So, um, so I, I mean, I, there is some skill to it, but, but yeah, you never know if you're going to catch a, a 12 inch or a, or a 22 incher, you know, and, and you could catch a 12 incher and a 22 incher and back to back in a half an hour with you know on the same stump um but i was just happy to actually my first couple bites on saturday it was like a rerun of the previous week at burlington like the fish wasn't really taking the bait i'm like oh man here we go again i'm gonna have to sit here and let them nibble on my worm for about 10 15 seconds before i before i even try to set the hook um, but they did get more aggressive as the day went on. I could feel those thumps. Um, but yeah, I'm, it could have been anyone. It, it could have been Joey. Joey could have stumbled upon the spot. It could have been other people who were fishing that morning at, uh, at Weaver Creek. I just happened to be in that spot at the right time. And I tried not to relinquish it to anyone. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So looking ahead, looking ahead for you to the rest of the season, are you, are you, uh, what trails are your members for? What are you kind of looking for forward to 
the uh, the rest of the season here? Um, I'm going to do as many tournaments as I can between CKA and CCKF. Um, I don't think some of the more some of the further tournaments for CKA. I don't think I'm going to do. Um, Car Scott in North Wilkesboro is a good two plus hours from my house. So I don't know if I'm going to get up and do that. I actually had um, a new house built for me, like in the last year, I moved in less than a year ago. So I have a ton of work to do here. So I can't be fishing every weekend. Um, and the next one for CCKF is Randleman. And Randleman throughout the years has been a weird lake for me, but I'm kind of intrigued that that's an April tournament and fish are going to be really shallow and bedding. So I might try to do that one. Dude, I got to tell you that one, that one's going to be uh, very interesting. I think it could, I think that one could get up in the high nineties, if not break a hundred. I might are, be wrong, but. Are both of the ramps open for that? Or is it just north southwest part or the north northern launch? I believe both of them are. I'll have okay. to go double check that, but I believe both of them are. I've only launched out of the what's it called? Southwest Park. I, I think so. I haven't been there either. Yeah. Oh. I've only launched from that that northern launch, the the non-motor boat section. Um, I've never been on the main lake. So I don't know. We'll see that I'm just at a point right now where, um, if I do the tournament, it's probably going to be a decision like less than three days before the tournament, I'll, I'll decide if I'm going to do it. <laughs> I just can't at this point, I just can't commit to it. Um, but as actually, you know what, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a high school teacher. I'm a math teacher. And that is actually at the end of my spring break. So I have that entire week off. I just realized that. Holy cow. There you go. Ooh. I might need to go one day that week and check it out. But um, I know, but uh, CCKF, uh, Falls Lake, Jordan Lake, Harris. I'm very excited about those. Um, I, I plan on fishing those. I'm not excited actually about a Jordan Lake tournament in July. I think that's when the next Jordan Lake tournament is. Uh, shoot I'm not really sure when it is but man Jordan Lake in July by by nine o'clock you got jet skis and tubers and pontoon boats cruising by you that lake fish is tough in July with all the pleasure boaters out there so hmm I don't know but yeah like I definitely plan on doing as many as I can of of the two series I'm I'm just not gonna no no you know no offense to Vinny or anything down in in Charlotte I know they got a great thing going but I just don't see myself driving down there uh you know when I got a couple tournament series right in my backyard up here so right right yeah Good deal. they were asking me actually uh on Saturday at the at the results revealing or whatever it was um they're like, you're going to be at the Randleman tournament? I'm like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, my buddy Joey actually just texted me today the, uh, the updated Angler of the Year standings for CCKF. And, um, man, I'm just not really paying attention to many details because I didn't know that you had to pay an extra – amount of money for to be uh in the running for the cckf angler of the year i thought that might have just been extra uh yeah i didn't sign up for that so my 300 angler of the year points went for naught um hey but, but whatever. you're in the uh you're in the end of the year uh oh yeah tournament of the champions with the win though clash of the titans or or whatever yeah that's right yeah that'll be cool Anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to try and do the tournaments around here if I'm feeling it. If not, I got plenty of work to do around my house. <laughs> there you go. There you go. 
All right, man. Before I get you out of here, um, is there uh, anybody you need to thank? Anybody you need to uh, anybody you need to promote before you get out of here? Um, not really. Um, I just want to thank all the people who are who are putting in the time to organize these kayak fishing tournaments. I know firsthand um, how difficult it is, how available you have to be for questions and emails and texts and people complaining and you know this that and the other um the effort they go through to find sponsors and to build up you know the just the popularity of their tournament series um my hats are off to them you know uh the cka guys cckf now uh, mitch lassiter the future of kayak fishing in this state is in very good hands and when these guys get sick of it, uh, someone will grab the torch and keep running. So I encourage um, whoever might be listening right now, I encourage you to try a tournament, you know, get involved. It's, it's not as uh, cutthroat maybe as you might think. They are laid back events where guys who like to go out and have fun and if you're on the fence about trying a tournament, heck, CCKF is a great place to start. I think there are quite a few beginners there on Saturday. A $30 entrance fee is not going to break the bank. Um, you know, give it a shot. And, you know, you never know. You might, like, love it. And in 10 years from now, you might be, you know, recording for a podcast. <laughs> you never know. It's, uh, it's just it's just a great time to be a kayak fisherman. I, I'm not a, um, I'm not a sponsored guy. I don't, uh, you know, no, no offense to guys who are looking for sponsors and want those jerseys and everything. That's just, that's just not what I uh, choose to do. Um, but I just love it. And, you know, the more people we can get out there, the, you know, the longer this stuff is going to last and the bigger and better it's going to get more, you know, the more people we can get out there, um, the better it's going to get for the future. So thank you to the, uh, the tourney, the tourney guys, uh, CKA guys, CCKF and Queen City, uh, down in Charlotte. Good job, Vinny. Thank you, Hank and Wayne and, uh, Eric who run CKF. CKA and uh, Mitch with uh, CCKF. You guys are doing a great job. Keep it up and thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, this state's, this state's kayak game is, is really strong. And, you know, me just getting into it here last year and into this year, uh, it's been a lot of fun to, a lot of fun to get to know those guys. And, you know, just, it's been, it's been really awesome to compete in, these tournaments so i i second that as well so all right bob i really appreciate you jumping on and doing this this evening um hopefully i'll run into you at one of these events here soon absolutely man i'm looking forward to it and thanks for having me on chris i appreciate it very much and we'll see you soon absolutely congratulations again thank you so much all right bud thank you very much take care yeah you too Welcome to this week's edition of My Best Catch, a segment where I ask my wife Allie a simple fishing question that she will likely get incorrect. Allie, we've gotten a lot of feedback on the previous episodes that you hosted. With a week to reflect on it, how do you feel it went? I think it went very well. I'm uh, glad that all the listeners liked the episode. We had a lot of fun with it and uh, definitely something a little bit different, very different than my day job. Yes, I agree with you. I think last episode got 10 out of 10 basses. Nice. All right, on to this week's question. Allie, what is a wacky rig? A wacky rig is uh, actually my favorite type of rig. And uh, because it's very silly, just like me, it kind of just does what it does, what it's feeling in the moment. And uh, fish are like, whoa, like they never know what it's going to do next. And that's interesting to them. And 
They just followed around to see what silly thing it does next. And uh, yeah, it works out. It works out. That's all for this week's edition of My Best Catch. Tune in next week for another question. Allie, once again, thank you for joining me. You are welcome. That is all I have for this week's edition of the show. If you're heading out to any of these tournaments this weekend, please wear your life jacket and stay safe on the water. I'm excited to see what the bags are going to look like, and I hope I'm able to get a couple in the boat at Santee as well. Thank you all for listening to the show. Please rate, subscribe, and review the podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and Google, and share with your friends, those who may not have social media or those who just may not have found this podcast yet. Share with it. Share the show with as many people as you can, and hopefully we can keep growing this thing. I really appreciate all of you who have listened every week since we since we started back in January. So thank you very much for that. Thank you to Carolina Waters and Carolina Passport Outfitters for their continued support. And until next time, this has been the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters Podcast. <music>